0: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, February 26th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Jay Book, I did a projected depth chart for Ohio State on both the offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball the last couple of days, I did offense on Wednesday, defense on Thursday. Shameless plug. Listeners, go over there and check those stories out if you haven't already. Get your take on what the depth chart is going to be for the Buckeyes entering spring. But Jonah, set me straight here. First of all, what intrigues you the most when you look at the offensive side of the ball, and what did I get wrong?
1: Yeah, I mean, we can we can just look at the positions. And to me, the obvious most, most important position on the team it's the quarterback position, and I can't remember a time where you you have an entire quarterback room that's competing for a position at Ohio State where no one has ever thrown a pass in a collegiate game. Uh, and we all, you know, we we saw the runs and everything from CJ Stroud that he broke off against Michigan State. He looked great, and Kyle McCord coming in as a five-star. Jack Miller uh, was a high four-star coming in. And I I think that's going to be the story of the spring because you're only as good as your quarterback position. And to me, I don't think Ryan day is going to uh, determine who the actual starter is, because if you do, what you're looking at is a situation where the guy who doesn't win, probably between CJ Stroud and Jack Miller, the other guy could easily be in the transfer portal. I'm not saying that, That will happen with those kids, but you're seeing that trend quite a bit right now in college football to where if kids aren't, if they don't win the job, then there's a very good chance they can enter the transfer portal. And you don't want to see that uh, because you want to have all of your guys there, a deep enough room, especially when the room is so inexperienced. Um, But the one, the one position that's going to have a lot of debate, Dave, is obviously the running back position, uh, talk about the fans. I mean, we could talk about how the fans feel about Master T, who, who will probably start. You know, you have Master T as, you know, the, the head guy to start in the spring. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be the starter come the fall. And I actually agree with you. I think um, T will get the first, you know, early carries early on in the spring. But there is a lot of talent that's going to really push him. And I think that talent will be the difference in a five-yard play from T from a 25-yard play or a home run hitting play from maybe a Travion Henderson or some of the other guys.
0: All right. Give me something I got wrong. There has to be a lot you can pick from um, <laughs> <I> <laughs> on, mean, think, on the offense, on the offensive I, side I, of the ball. We'll get to defense in a minute, but on the, on the offensive side of the ball, what's something I got wrong?
1: Yeah, I think you did. You actually did pretty good. The one I will argue that I, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba will be starting at wide receiver over Jamison Williams. I think, I think uh, JSN is just ready to extend to a new level. We've seen what we've, what we're going to get out of Jamison Williams for the last several years. He's been in the program. How high is his ceiling? Has he – what we see now, I have to question, is that the best we're going to get out of Jamison Williams? Like, he's just going to be a solid speed guy that can stretch the defense, but he's going to be in the rotation. I just think JSN has the potential to have a much higher ceiling that can bring more game-changing abilities – to that starting wide receiver position next to Chris Alave and Garrett Wilson, so that's one of them that I'll argue. I'll I'll argue with you about. And the other, one, I I think Donovan Jackson, the five-star uh, freshman coming in uh, at guard out of Texas, I think he's going to be the backup uh, right guard behind Paris Johnson. I I think that with this offensive line, is extremely deep, but Donovan Jackson is a special talent. He's one of those bulldog five-star talents that's going to come in, and he's going to immediately show the difference in what you have in a five-star out of Texas compared to uh, Ryan Jacoby.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on Donovan Jackson. I believe I had him bracketed with Ben Chrisman as an or for the backup at one of the guard spots. The only reason I did that is Donovan Jackson's not even on campus yet. I'm with you, man. I think he's going to be on the two-deep for sure. I'm also with you on Jackson Smith and Jigba. I, I said, I mean, he's not going to be just the backup slot receiver. He, he's basically going to be that fourth starting receiver because they're going to move him all around. He's not going to be you know relegated to a backup role. So I'm with you completely. All right. Now toast me on the defensive side of the ball. I have some controversial picks over there. I've got Jerron Cage starting as the one tech as a fifth year senior taking over for Tommy Togia. I have Zach Harrison starting, over guys like Javante Jean-Baptiste and uh, Tyler Friday and Jack Sawyer at defensive end. You look at my linebackers, maybe you can have some gripes there, defensive backs. Set me straight, where did I get it wrong on defense?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, to me, we all look at Zach Harrison and we see the five-star label that was slapped on him, and we all see the freakish athleticism and the the frame – and the potential but he hasn't put it together and as you saw you know he he was out with COVID but during the later stretch of the, of the season he he was getting he wasn't playing that well of football and so I'm going to make the argument that I think Tyler Friday is going to start there over him uh, to light a fire in his butt because I don't think he's done enough right now to warrant being the starter. Uh, I think he has the potential to be a heck of a football player here, but we need to see uh, Zach Harrison have more of a sense of urge and show why you were labeled a five-star. I think he can do it. I have faith that he can do it, but until we actually see it, I think Tyler Friday is going to be the guy over there. And if he's not careful, Jack Sawyer will push him uh, coming in as a five-star defense and him out of Pickerton. And- Jones is not afraid to play those young guys. And then I have, to, I have to disagree with you at the defensive tackle position. I think that's going to be uh, Antoine Jackson coming back. They, they're going to have uh, a veteran guy, play two veteran guys with and Haskell Garrett. Him and Jerry Case, they're going to rotate. I don't think it's going to be a big significant drop-off and snap count between those two guys. But I will argue with you that Antoine Jackson would be the starting defensive tackle. And I think you hit it. I think you hit it right with the linebacker position. I mean, we've talked about this next wave of guys at nauseum. I mean, it's their time to shine. But I think that the way you had the linebacker depth chart uh, set up, I think it makes sense. And I agree with you in regard to Taraja Mitchell being a better Mike linebacker than he is a Will linebacker. <laughs> and and you know the coaches they obviously know more than. We do, and they see him as a better fit on the outside, but I just hope it's not another situation where we're missing or seeing another opportunity like we saw with Baron Brownie where he really didn't get settled into a position and play at his highest, his highest potential because the coaching staff moved him around and potentially didn't play him at his, his rightful position that a lot of people, are coding the NFL scouts right now, are saying that was the case at Ohio State.
0: Always like it when Jonah corrects me. I appreciate it, my friend. I wanted to get your take on that. Switching gears. What is up with this disrespect for Justin Fields, man? I I just don't get it. And normally, you know, saying a guy that's going to is going to be taken seventh overall in the NFL draft would not be really the definition of disrespect. But I feel like in this case, it is. I I just don't get it. People are like, well, did you see how he struggled against Alabama? And they're talking about Zach Wilson. Like, yeah. Do you see how great Zach Wilson played when he was against Coastal Carolina in that loss? I mean, did you see Justin Fields against Clemson? I I don't get it, man. And maybe Zach Wilson will be this fantastic NFL quarterback. But it seems like every mock draft that comes out has Fields, at the very least, the third quarterback taken. Some have him fourth overall as far as quarterbacks. And Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft has Fields going seventh overall with the 49ers trading up to get him. I don't think that'll happen. I think if he's sitting there at seven, the Lions would just take him. They wouldn't trade the pick. What do you make of the, all this feels disrespect? Do you feel like there's some validity to it, or, or does this make you scratch your head?
1: It, it makes me scratch my head. You see it all the time uh, when it comes to the NFL draft and the quarterback position specifically. You just have a situation where guys overthink it uh, way too much, and people want to talk about Zach Wilson. Could you imagine what what the stat line would be for Justin Fields if he, get, if he played BYU schedule? Uh, you know, you have, to, you have to take into account that the Big Ten, they did their players a disservice this year by the stopping and the starting and then the ridiculous rules and then games canceled, practice shut down. And Justin Fields, had a, he struggled to really get into a rhythm, but he had, you know, two bad games. But for the most part, when the lights were the brightest against Clemson, he played a heck of a game against Alabama once Trey Sermon went down I mean, we were we were bombarded so bad so fast that you really can't judge what Justin Fields did against Alabama because it's like, all right, before you blink your eye, you're down 25 points. And Justin Fields is just trying to chuck the ball around the field because pretty much you, everyone watching that game knew that our defense had no chance of slowing down Alabama. But it's amazing that you almost have to think if our people – dinging Justin Fields because of Dwayne Haskins because Ohio State offense is deemed a quarterback friendly offense everyone saw the year that Dwayne Haskins had which was a heck of a year and a lot of people like to dismiss that he was a guy that threw for 50 touchdowns and broke the Big Ten record in Ohio State's offense and then he went into the NFL and he didn't meet the expectations but you can't You can't judge Justin Fields on what Dwayne Haskins showing in the NFL um, came out to be because Dwayne Haskins, from a lot of reports, he didn't handle himself in a professional manner, meaning that he may not have put in the work that it needed to take in order to be a quarterback that's playing at a high level. And I will always, you know, I will always say that when it comes to, Dwayne Haskins, I think the Washington football organization did him a disservice because they didn't want him. But at the end of the day, throwing the tape, throwing 2019, Justin Fields, in the first year in Ohio State's offense, he was outstanding. And I, I thought he was solid last year. He wasn't great. You, you obviously want to throw out those two games against Northwestern and in Indiana, And the guy was trying to make a a lot of plays and throwing the ball up for grabs. But overall, I think any team that gets him, they're going to get a franchise quarterback. And if you you are the 49ers and if Mel Kuyper is right, I hope Justin Fields goes to an organization such as the 49ers. Because if you pair him with uh, Shanahan and his playbook, I think it's really going to flourish. If you're if you're an Ohio State fan, you obviously want Justin Fields to do well in the NFL. And if that means that he may slide down the draft board to maybe Carolina and you pair him with a Christian McCaffrey and you give him Joe Brady's playbook that he had uh, Joe Burrow using, then I think that's go- that would be a great situation. Uh, but the Zach Wilson talk over Justin Fields, I, I don't get it. People are falling in love with Zach Wilson's arm talent. But at the same time, you, people try to ding Justin Fields against the Big Ten competition. But if you're going to do that, you have to ding Zach, Zach Wilson against the, the competition that BYU, BYU faced, which was pretty much a whole calendar of high school teams that he torched. And like I said, if Justin Fields did that, he'd have threw for 5,000 yards and how many touchdowns if he'd have had 10 games against a bunch of powder puffs.
0: Yeah, man, I hear people comparing Zach Wilson to Patrick Mahomes, and I'm like, I, I have a lot of emotions. The main thing is, that how disrespectful is that to Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> and maybe I'll be wrong. We'll see. I'll yeah. eat, I will eat a, a it, heaping portion of crow if I am wrong. That, that is just absolutely ridiculous to me. Go I'll ahead.
1: Tell what, I'll tell you what the Zach Wilson love fest. It reminds me of the Mitchell Trubisky. When, when that whole quarterback class was coming out, and Deshaun Watson. And what happened with Deshaun Watson? The same the same kind of talk that you're hearing about Justin Fields, you heard it about Deshaun Watson. And what happened with Watson? He slid down the draft. And he's probably one of the best quarterbacks in that class with Mahomes. And a lot of people fell in love with the intangibles of um, what they want to say is the anticipation. The anticipation. Anticipation throws is what they're dinging Justin Fields for, and they're saying Zach Wilson is, is shooting up the draft board. Heck, yeah, I, and to before we get off of here, and I almost uh, ran my car off the road, I was driving and I heard Ryan Clark on ESPN talking about how he would consider taking Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence at number one for the simple fact that if you throw on the tape of Trevor Lawrence in his two games against Ohio State, In his game against uh, LSU, he didn't play very well, which is true. Trevor Lawrence struggled, but you're you're asking a lot there to try to say someone should really consider taking Zach Wilson number one overall over Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) I don't
0: think Urban's going to do that. Real quick before I let you go, what's your vibe with JTT? JT, Tui, Molo, Al, what do you think is going to be the final verdict with him?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it really sucks that the NCAA shut down his uh, visits with the dead period being extended. So the, the chatter bug now is that he and his family will pay to go to Ohio State on their own dime. To me, that bodes extremely well for Ohio State. I know there was a lot of rumors and conjecture out there on uh, message boards and, and Twitter that he was close to committing several weeks ago, which wasn't the case at all. Uh, Brandon Huffman of 24-7 has said all along, and he's probably the only person who talks to JT in a family because he has that relationship. He said all along that JT wasn't going to make a decision until he gets out to Ohio State and makes some of his visits. But now that he's going to have to pay out of his own dime, I think the, the signal that him and his family will come to, come to visit Ohio State before the, any decision is made, you have to like your chances if you're the Buckeyes because a lot of people believe Ohio State has been leading this recruitment and Alabama is closing the gap. It could be, you know, either or down the stretch, but the fact of the matter remains Ohio State has been in that top tier spot for the longest period of time without him even visiting campus. Now, if you get him to Columbus, the weather's nice. You better believe that even though it's not an official visit, he will have a good time uh, with the other former Washington guys there with uh, Emeka and, and D. Scott Jr. So I, I just think that if that visit happens, I truly believe in the end he will be a Buckeye.
0: Great stuff, as always, from Jonah Booker. Thank you very much, J-Book, and thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in to the show. We appreciate it very much. Have a great day and a great weekend. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley One Love. ready PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.